unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review featuring Ryan the Newf Lockhart and Ryan Galt with your host, Ken Cadden. Woo! Yeah! Keep going, no, boy! Woo! Solid cookie on the outside Pure frosting all alone You've been fucking with no everybody to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. Thanks for listening, and as usual, we have the Canadian Motocross personalities that everybody knows and loves, Newfoundland, and we're about to get into uh, all the details of everything Canadian Moto going on right now. So, Galdi, why don't you uh, tell our listeners about some of the uh, great companies we have sponsoring uh, the podcast here? Well, Ken, we have some wonderful supporters here at the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. First and foremost, our wonderful people at KTM Husqvarna and Gas Gas Canada. If you want to get into racing from the grassroots, from the very bottom on the 50cc races, all the way up to the pros, or if you're just a guy that wants to go into the woods, or maybe just someone that wants to rip up your neighbor's backyard, KTM Husqvarna and Gas Gas Canada can support you through and through. Big uh, shout out to those guys. Thank you very much. And then Race Tech, all Race Tech products are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. And they are amazing guys because they're sponsoring this Canadian podcast. So they've taken that American money, which is at a great value to us because <laughs> our Canadian dollar sucks Garbage, right now. Yeah. <laughs> and a big shout out to Charlie Johnston and uh, the, the suspension company. Make sure you hit up Charlie Johnston at CJR Suspension on Instagram. He is a race tech center here in Canada and get you all the race tech gold vows and to uh, bring you to the top of the podium, just like the man on the line who we'll talk to in a bit here, the new who uses race tech products. And then uh, brand new, just a couple weeks ago, jumping on board Bristol coach works, Matt Bannon, huge supporter of Canadian motocross. Uh, one of the biggest supporters of the Canadian uh, Honda t- uh, team, Canadian uh, Gopher dunes racing team, GDR Honda. Uh, they've done r- sprinter vans, um, Huge motorhomes. If you go onto their social media thing at Bristol Coachworks, they have some of the coolest things. They've put in uh, mechanical lifts for um, uh, people like Brad McNabb who are in a wheelchair to get up into the sprinter vans. They built full motorhome type things or trailers into actually better living sources or even more room. 55-foot-long paint booth uh, for paint commercial trucks or vehicles. So much cool stuff. And like I said, Matt Bannon is a huge supporter of Canadian Moto, and now he is a supporter of Canadian Motocross Unfiltered. Bristol Coachworks, at Bristol Coachworks on YouTube or the social. So thanks goes to those guys. I'm going to make these ones a little quicker this week. We'll give them some more love at the end because I want to get to my buddy, Noof. He sounds like he just left the gym. I think he's in the best shape of his life right now. (laughs) And <laughs> yeah, that was really uh, <laughs> um, but I know he just did the, the KTM Junior. He spent the night in Vegas. He's doing the Pulp Show, and uh, we got lots to talk about. Kenny, this is going to be another good one. Yep. Um, especially I think because of that, the podcast that we'll get into later on with Justin Thompson might have been the most attracted for questions and and people wanting answers yep. from uh, the, uh, the the leader of our Triple Crown series. Yeah, there was a lot of good answers in that interview, and um, you know the questions have kind of been hanging over the head of the series, and he, and he got right into it, and he was honest, and uh, it was really good. 
So now, like Galdi said, you're uh, you're out in Vegas after your uh, big KTM Junior experience. Why don't you tell us about how how the uh, KTM Junior thing went out in uh, Dallas? Well, everything Galdi said was exactly right. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. man, what a time! Like seriously, that do you mean bad. about your condition right now or the KTM Junior thing? Because <laughs> <laughs> no. I made I made comments on both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the KTM Junior thing, first of all. That was awesome. I mean, wow, they did a like they treat these kids like professionals, right? It was a great time. Uh, my kid loved it. I loved it. Um, I, I don't know much, much more to say about it. Like <clears throat> we started off a little bit rough in the morning, and um, my voice, how bad it is. <laughs> you sound awful right now. <laughs> like awful. You sound <laughs> awful. <laughs> Hold this on. is a professional yeah. podcast. You need some lemon juice, I think. <laughs> it's not professional. I'm waking up. I got to order a French fries beside my bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have? Will you get gravy on that, or just ketchup, or what? How do no, you go? Just ketchup, yeah. <clears throat> but anyways, yeah, no, we had a we had a fucking awesome time. <clears throat> awesome time at. Uh, at it was great. I mean, like everything Galdi said, it was we he lived up to everything. Right. Anything um, that kind of was like, wow, that blew your mind. I mean, I, I again, yeah, I shared pretty much everything it was, but like how? Oh, the walking. You said your feet were sore. Oh, before, my God. before my practice feet. even oh. got going, I think <laughs> it was a it was a solid forty thousand step day. Right? Oh, wow, <laughs> and that's something that we don't normally do, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was wild on that part. But what about that Dallas Stadium? What's that like? That looks crazy on TV. Oh, but... I mean, that's a nice stadium, though. Yeah, yeah, it was good. No, it was it was nice. Thirteen dollar beer was inside. That wasn't good. That's not that's great. A, it, no. Only thirteen. It was eighteen in the uh, really the, the for Texas one beer. Or which one I was in? Oh, yeah, wow. it was eighteen bucks oh for a, for a beer. And the only reason I know that is because my wife. Drank a shit ton, and then I saw my credit card. That's the path. <laughs> you got the statement. <laughs> yeah, I got the statement. I'm just like, what's going on with that? Yeah, that's well, uh, quick at 18 a pop, eh? Yeah. So, um, how uh, the kid rode good and everything. Like, your kid did almost the same thing as mine. eh? sucked all day and then turned it up when it mattered. Pulled her off. Yeah. Well, no, he got better every time he went out. Like, I feel like that's with all the kids, right? <clears throat> they do better every time they go out, and I mean, at the end of the day, like. Could he do better? Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? But he tried his hardest, and yeah. he had a fucking blast. So I, I didn't get mad. Randy was more wound up than I was, like, on the whole thing, right? You know? Yeah. So. I no, swear, he, I know we talked, but I swear we heard her yelling. I know um, you said as that. I'm pretty sure when, like, Meston was on the Jumbotron saying, like, where he was from and who he was, <laughs> it was, like, quiet. And then we hear this one just, yeah! Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, actually on the stands. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. Me and Amy were like, "That sounds just like Randy." Watching the show, it was pretty funny for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, good times. Yeah, they do. They do a great job, man. And and I at the show the week after Newf was at the show too. I was talking to the KTM representatives there, and they were. I was expressing them like, "This has got to be something we should really look at doing." In Canada, on, on obviously a way smaller scale, but yeah. just right. yeah. you know, I know yeah, that awesome. uh, Shane Cuthbertson is trying to do something out in the Alberta area, West area, and then Benoit Milo was doing it, and they're now trying to figure out how to get it on the road. So, um, okay. 
you know, I don't see 15 bikes and a rig and, and that thing, but <laughs> you know, maybe it's like five bikes and, and a set of gear. I was talking to, um, Trolley designs, uh, the guys that help ammo out there, Cody, he was like, man, this sounds really cool. And man, we could probably do something like that. You know, they're lower end gear and, yep. and stuff like that. But, uh, it just, what a way to kind of get an attraction, for new faces, new people. Although I'm pretty sure Newfoot agreed to everybody that was there, they're all racers. Yeah, right? no. I mean, I guess you have to be too. They ask you to showcase that you've been racing. Like you're not. It's not for brand new people that have never ridden a bike. Right. They don't want some some kid getting on it and whiskey throttling the electric bike into the, These, the into the, the, the whole program was so cool though. Like they did such like I couldn't believe how organized it was. And I mean, I get it. Like they've been doing it for a long time, but man, it was organized and like clean and like everything you know what i mean like i was just impressed like at the end of the day i was almost sad that it was over you know what i mean i don't yeah. know if you felt that way golly um sad what sorry they said i just was sad that it was over at the end of the oh day. yeah no 100 percent. i could i could have kept going <laughs> to the next round i mean maybe my feet wouldn't have said this no thing the next day, but, good. <laughs> but um uh yeah. maybe ktm should get into the market of making like uh hoverboards so the yeah. dads can roll. How, how far did you have? Yeah. yeah, segways. How far did you have to push before they could ride? Because like I had to like push the push them up to a one spot and no. then they could ride to a spot. Or yeah, no, they uh, they literally let the kids ride from right by the fence where we were. So oh, okay. there was you no push on bikes. So, like I maybe pushed from I don't know a hundred feet, maybe a hundred feet. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't too too bad. No, it was nice. So there you go, KTM Junior Supercross Challenge as gets a thumbs up from uh, the Newf and Galdi for sure, man. We're very yeah. lucky we, we got to be a part of it. I know there's some Canadians that might have registered that might not have got in this year. I know there's a couple not this weekend coming at Daytona, but at Indianapolis. Uh, Mark Anton, Mark Anton Jenneru's son is in it, and also um, another young lad out of Ontario, um, uh, Carter Legace. Uh, okay. is going so um and then for the rest of the year i'm not too sure but uh if you people that listen to this if you're if your kid is involved in getting into that let us know uh whether it's through facebook mm -hmm. or, or not facebook like twitter or instagram and we'll give you some love out there man we'll try to find some pictures of you we got pit yeah. guys down there taking pictures and stuff but uh, a super cool thing i'm glad i'm so pumped that Newf got to do my kids were watching the live timing as if it was like you know, a relative or anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. look, there it is. And he's moving up. And, oh, he got another guy, especially in the main. Because I think the first lap, he was about 14th on the live timing. Oh. And then, oh, like, yeah. No, it, his, right? start, was, his yeah. start was, like you said, Goldie, in the, in the text, it was like Steve Mathis start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. yeah. So. Um, good times. Awesome. I'm glad you got to, to do it, buddy, and, and bring yeah. it in with your kid. That's no, some was, good memories. Good yeah, memories. No, I didn't get uh, – hey, I was mellow all day. Randy was mad. But we're all good. You saved it for the dueling bananas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll talk about that at the end. Good times there. Uh, yeah. All right, Kenny, we got lots to move on to here, buddy. Yeah. So much, uh, so much going on from Arlington, man. I, it's funny. Like I, just before we get into it, I yeah. kind of thought, you know, us starting in January, we it would find hard things to come up with and information. But man, it's I don't think we're struggling to find good things to talk about and and uh, you know racing and. I mean, even, you know, now there's more stuff. Hawkstone dropped, and then there was that race this weekend, that freaking Medaglia, Pettis, Harrison, Thompson, Wyatt Kerr, McNabb, McNabb yeah. all yeah. raced in Florida. Like, it's race season, boys. Uh, mm -hmm. Drink it in. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. before we get to Arlington, we should probably go back and talk about Julian Bannock's ride at uh, Oakland, where he made the main. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, go ahead, Noof. 
Yeah, no, awesome. Yeah, there's a, another Canadian made his first main event. Um, that was, well, it was obviously Julian's first main event, but yeah, we're really, the LCQ we were watching on TV, I was awesome. like, holy shit, who's this guy? Because he didn't ride like that all year, and uh, I saw him I saw him this past weekend in Arlington, and yeah, he was confident, and um, yeah, really good for him down here doing Supercross. He, he got a little bit fucked up on the weekend, he got hit in the, one of the or the LTQ actually. Oh yeah, uh, no. yeah, yeah. No, his leg, n- nothing crazy, but yeah, he'll be he'll be fine. But uh, yeah, I think I think honestly, like I mean that if he rides the way that he did in that in that LCQ um, from Oakland, he'll he'll make the rest of the mains this year, right? Like things are kind of like they're getting a little bit weaker and stuff. So um, that was good for him. Can you name another Canadian that has either hit the dirt or been hit or crashed or something that is able to, like, get up and ride the next moto or the next week more than Julian Benick? No, that's him. That's him. Like, he, Holy he crap. There. Yeah, I know, I know. I was, like, watching. I thought they were going to red flag the practice, and then all of a sudden he just, like, fucking hops up and he's good to go, yeah, right? <laughs> okay, moving on to Arlington. Uh, we had a couple guys there. Uh we had uh, Preston Mastiangelo uh, riding the Futures. I forget what he ended up with. 11th. He got 11th. Yeah, 11th. So yeah. he got a good start and was running up front. Or not up, up, up front, but he was uh, kind of 5 to 10 range and then uh, rode pretty good. What do you think of his ride, Goldie? Yeah, that was good. I, I mean, I, I really like this kid. Um, I might have been a bit sort of d- down on him a few years back there. I felt like they were like, you know, America this, America that. They always yeah. did Loretta's and the qualifiers, and they didn't race much locally other than the Transcan. And then the COVID thing kind of forced it. Um, and now they've, they've you know, um, been racing uh, the series and the, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I, I, I love watching the kid. He's super respectful. Um, and um, I thought this was a great move. I liked seeing... I just, I'm like Noof. I think we're both, you know, cut from the same cloth of saying, like, we love seeing kids just step out of their comfort zone. Um, and the Massiangelo family has done that prior to years by going to Loretta's and chasing that dream and stuff like that. So this isn't something sort of new going to the States and racing, but the future things is. And, and, um, I thought he rode great. He, he, he looked like he sort of was on the same program as Meston Locker. It got better every time he comes no, he to got track. Better. And, yeah. yeah. Right. Every time yeah, he, he got comes better. to track and, by the main event, he did. He got that great start. I, I were you able to watch it new for not because that was kind of close to you guys, right? It was no, I, I did end up watching that one. Yeah, okay, because you know, he got up. a good start. Did he just kind of yeah. get shuffled back, or because they didn't show him on on TV? Yeah. His first like his first lap was like awesome. I'm like, oh my god, like he's fitting right in. And the second lap, he was even like he was good. And then, but then they just ate him up. Like he, it was almost like he. It was like he had enough. So he yeah. threw in the white towel. He threw in the well, white towel. I, I think um, I was reading uh, his mom posted on Facebook, and we know too, right? He uh, dislocated both his wrists yeah. at, was it the Gopher Dunes round of Supercross? Or was it the Sarnia? No, 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 it was no, Sarnia. No, no, was, it was Sarnia, no, right? Was no, he was down here, practic- like riding, like down. Uh, oh, it was, in, it was in the States. Okay, so that yeah. wasn't that long ago. He had really only been on the bike for, say, three weeks-ish, so not a lot of time. And, you know, they're not riding just a um, a hunky dory supercross track, right? They're riding oh, full. No, it was tough. Yeah. He probably pumped up a little bit, and you know, get the nerves, got the better of him. But still, hats off, way to go, kid! Uh, as a Canadian, yeah. as a Canadian fan, I'm I'm proud to see that. And it's he says he's doing East Rutherford um, already, so they've already got a plan. Awesome, um, Aaron, and that's cool. With you know the team PRMX guys, they're 
they're supportive of this stuff. I thought we were going to see Rempel at this one too, but I think maybe they're going to wait. I think he's going to race Daytona amateur this coming uh, week or next week, whatever it is. Um, And so I think that is, and then maybe the East Rutherford, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, great for, great for, um, for Preston Mastiano. I just, again, I like seeing guys gotten out of their comfort zone and, and, and uh, trying something new, man. It's, I I give a, a tip of the hat to that. Yeah, and another guy that was there doing the same thing was uh, Quinn Amiot in the 250 class. Uh, I was at a hockey tournament all week or all uh, weekend, so I couldn't really watch qualifying or anything. But I guess lame. trying to get in on a triple lame crown is a pretty tall lame. order for what's that? <laughs> so that's lame. Yeah, that's lame. lame. I'm sick of hockey for the year. I'm ready for it to be done. Uh, but yeah, so trying to get in on a on a triple crown, I think, is a pretty tall order for uh, a guy like Quinn. But did you guys have a chance to watch him? Did you see anything that stuck out to you? Well, you, you probably would have seen. They didn't really get anything on television from what I saw. No. I didn't get. I didn't get a chance to watch the second qualifier session or the last chance. I was playing hockey too, um, but um, from what I gather, nothing much on the actual TV set. I think so. Noof, maybe you you were on the ground floor. I don't know if you saw more. No, I didn't see a whole lot. But what I will say is, like, dude, Quinn's really good. He qualified thirty first this weekend. Like, he he got better than he did mm-hmm. uh, at Tampa. Like that's good, yeah. tenth in the LCQ, so he was like in the yeah. in the fight, you know. Yeah. Um, right. If things so, go right, and he could be up he's, there. He, yeah. He's riding like he he's exceeding my expectations. Like I thought he would be, and like I said, obviously Ken. Well, Ken said it, triple crown. But I mean, he didn't have a fucking hope in hell. I mean, he's not making he's not making a main event, but he's solid, solid night show guy, right? Like mm-hmm. right off the get go, like bam. Um, with not a ton of experience, but he's working hard during the week. Like, can he make a main? I mean, that I think that's that's a bit of a stretch. But I well, mean, I with, think this weekend would be his last chance. I think Daytona was the last one on the plan. Oh, is that okay. all he's doing? I, I believe so. Yes, unless oh, things. I, like, I feel like that's changed a little bit though, because now that because he's with Rock River, right? So. Well, it was just a three-race deal from what I gathered talking to him on direct messages. It was just a three-race deal and the sponsors and all that kind of stuff. But, again, like you just said, if it's it's trending in the right way, like he's getting better at it. Oh, he's getting better. Right? Do they need a rider? Is Does it cost them a bunch of money? I don't know. That'll be a conversation yeah, that they have. But, um, you know, um, after Daytona um, is Indianapolis. Does he go up to that? Uh, and then it is Detroit, which would obviously be huge for him. Cause that'd be closer to home. So maybe right. a bunch of his family could come and support. So anyway, um, if it's not really costing him or the team or whatever it is on, on a grand scale, then Hey, why not? Why not just keep going with it? But I guess we'll see. No, but I mean, like I, I just, I was like, I looked, I was just out of curiosity. I'm like, all right. So he barely made it in you know, a couple weeks ago from Tampa, and then he was 31st this weekend. I mean, that's a huge improvement, right? Yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah another, another thumbs up. I uh, love seeing it. Yeah. Okay, and one other thing that you already kind of brought up here, Galdi, was the uh, this Florida race. I don't know what it was. I did. I saw the tweet you put out, and then I went online and tried to search it, and I couldn't find anything. No, I did the same. So I saw <laughs> I, I, somebody, I don't know how I saw the results. Somebody must have tagged. Well, they tagged like Tyler and Mitchell and all those guys yeah. in that post that I found. So somebody must have posted that that I knew or something. Anyway, um, it was actually you could have watched it live. They had a live feed. Oh, um, I found it this morning, but it was one of those ones kind of kind of sketchy, if you will. Like you had to build an account and stuff like that. But anyway, I, I don't know. So I messaged Tyler this morning just to get some info on. I'm like, hey, what was this all about? And I go look pretty awesome. 
And he's like, yeah, it was just some random thing. Milton, Florida at, at MX 191. I've never <laughs> even heard of this track. No. And, uh, all the boys showed up literally every Canadian that is down there training right now. And Mitchell what? Harrison, uh, went to the race, man. And, and they went one, two, three, four, Madags one, McNabb second on the 250, That's beating impressive. Pettis, who's on the 450, Harrison then. And if you look at the results there, there was another one posted because you can't see it in the one that I found, but another one posted. They were four seconds apart in this 20-minute moto when the checkered flag waved. <laughs> so That's a good pretty race, cool. Yeah. And then uh, Thompson was sixth and Wyatt Kerr was seventh. Kerr was like 15 seconds behind Thompson and, and, and like 15 seconds ahead. So he had a quiet race by himself. But mm-hmm. apparently the purse... So it was like a dash for cash. It was a, a practice, and then your second practice session was a qualifier for gate, and then it was one 20-minute moto, and over $10,000 U.S. for this damn race. <laughs> so my dad's yeah. openly texted me. He's like, yeah, I think I brought home like 6500 bucks." Wow. So, of course, my, my thing was like, oh, sweet, you've chipped away at that lo- loan that uh, Heidi's been giving you. I'm just impressed with <laughs> race. I mean, that's a... That, well, Tyler yeah. is, is whatever, right? And he well, rode with a... Tyler, he, yeah. He, he, rode with, he, he rode with a big tank. He said mm-hmm. everybody loved the big tank. That he, yeah. and he's going to he's going to GNCC this coming weekend. Awesome to see McNabb race. That's not right. very yep. heard of. Awesome nope. to see Pettis race. Again, yep. not very heard of. You wouldn't have thought that Mitchell would have raced... Because he's nope. deep in Supercross, but that's awesome. Kerr, he we know he probably would have raced. Thompson Hill raced it. It was so like, again, like I'm like I just I woke up today seeing that, and I'm like I'm I'm all jacked up. I'm pumped up. I'm like this is awesome seeing these guys racing. And I mean, if you know there's going to be a ten thousand dollar cash purse on the line, I guess maybe that's a little bit you know that's like taking a Viagra before a big sexathon. <laughs> but like yeah. uh, like wow, just again, I, I I love seeing these guys race. Yeah. Get out there. Me and Noof have been bitching about it. Get out there. You're a racer. Get on your bike. The best way to get better and train and everything is to go to the get gay drops. And there's a whack of guys right there that did it. And you know, if Dylan Wright was, you know, three months into his training or or two months into it, he probably would have yeah, went to yeah. it. You know, yeah. stuff like that. So I, ah, I'm just, I'm stoked. That amps me up, man. I love yeah, seeing that. Cool. And and uh, I like. Do we we look at this? Hey, like uh, Madags. And Pettis, Madags beat Pettis down there. It's obviously early on. Do we? Are yeah. we like, oh well, it looks like Madags is going to kick his ass all year long, but um, all season, no, yeah. leave it as it is. But f- it dude, four seconds, like four point two seconds between the top four with Harrison being four. So I mean, I think the racing was was pretty awesome for the people that were there, and and the boys had a good time and they made some money. Yeah, cool. So um, yeah, pretty. I'm, I, I love it. I love that shit. I love that shit. Yep. Uh, okay, so I guess we may as well uh, hop into some rider and team updates here. Uh, the only thing I have I noticed on, I think I saw it on Instagram, was uh, Daniel Elmore to SSR, uh, Troy Lee Designs, Gas Gas. So, uh, Noof, what do you think of that? How do you think he'll do there? Well, no, I think it's awesome for Daniel to get that opportunity, first and foremost. Um, I mean, a bit of a shock. I mean, Dan, you got to think, like, so he's already... He was already cycled north, uh, bought bikes, uh, traveled across the country at uh, at Club MX, riding and training, and, and got the opportunity. So yeah. I think it's – I mean, his results were sneaky good last year. Yeah. Um, for the most part, like, he got some – he got a fourth in one moto at Walton at the end. I mean, yeah, it was the end, but, I mean, fourth is fourth, and – he got fifth at the first round and had a shoulder injury or broken collarbone or something um, 
at the dump there in uh, Drumheller, but <laughs> um, he, I, I mean, can he be better than what he is? That part I don't really know, but I mean, this is going to make his life a hell of a lot easier being with Sims. Um, I mean, Sims runs a good program over there. Like they don't fuck around. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. Can can he get to the next level? I'm not ex- I'm not like fully sure on that one, but uh, good for Daniel. I would think that he gets a little bump up with him his own self and confidence sure. and worth, right? Because yeah, sure. like you said, Steve runs a great program. He'll have SSS suspension now. He'll have uh, a guy there giving him guidance and, and stuff like that, where it was like literally him and his brother, right? Last no, him and his brother, year. and like he's working on his bike during the during the like in between motos, right? Like, yeah. So, but yeah, like, does he get a bump up? I mean, you know, your top five guys in that 450 guys are pretty solidified with, you got Wright, Pettis, Ward, Moff, and T-Dags, right? Uh, So we'll see, but can he be the next guy or get in with those guys at times? Damn right. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, I think it's just a good little, good little nod to our series and our, the teams that it kind of, you know, not sucks in the sense that he got the ride, I think, because Christopher Blackmere is now taking a year off from racing to get back surgery. Yeah. I believe that that's the way that it was going to go. And I know also that, that Steve Sims took a shot at uh, Tanner Ward uh, for that team. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, he wasn't a priority pick, but now he's in there. And I believe the kid is tough and he's going to fight. And um, yeah. if, if anybody looks, he's probably got a couple of Hondas for sale right now. <laughs> the, yeah. the best part, like what I think is cool about uh, Elmore is like he wasn't waiting around for this ride. Like this is this is something that, that <laughs> fell on his lap in a sense because, like you said, he's got a couple of Hondas for sale. He was going racing, man. Like, yeah, he was. He's balls deep in. Bought the bikes. He lives in the middle of nowhere. In oh. northern BC, like literally in the middle of nowhere. Bought a couple bikes from Courtney at Cycle North and just went to Club MX. And he's just like, all right, well, if this is what I got to do, this is what I'm doing again. But um, now he's getting the factory rider treatment. Yeah, cool to see. Good on you, Steve uh, Sims and the TLD Gas Gas team. So is there anything else? Uh, either of you guys, did you hear anything else that's going on as far as riders and teams and things like that? Uh, the only other one is there's some... T- Pretty good chatter from good sources, too. And I actually haven't talked to Jim Scott, Tanner Scott's dad. Remember, the Tanner Scott thing was kind of coming mm-hmm. up with GDR. And then it was kind of talking about with the Cowie team. All of a sudden, Al Dick's name is in the picture. Oh. I don't know. Now, mm-hmm. I think the connection with this would be, um, um, now I'm forgetting his name, Craig, um, who was Tanner Scott's mechanic. What's her last name? New Craig, Craig Randall. Randall. Craig Randall, who was who was a mechanic for Jeremy Mackay, and then Mackay went over to KTM, so Craig Randall needed a place to go, so he went over and helped out Tanner Scott at the end of last year. Craig Randall used to be the mechanic uh, over at Two Trick Racing when they had the team going, so I think that might be the connection, how this sort of door opened. Where it's going, uh, I don't know. We could do some digging in on it for our next episode, but uh, yeah, I think... I think Tanner's. It just sounds. It's it's super random. It's yeah, super random. Tanner Scott. The Tanner Scott saga continues. Right. Like, where <laughs> yeah. is he going to end up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The most highly anticipated, talked about racer um, from 2022. I guess right yeah. now. I, I don't know. It seems seems odd on almost every time you bring it up. Yeah. So, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't foresee Al Dick going racing in 23. Just my opinion, and may, maybe. He is, but he hasn't given us any hints that he has. I mean, 
I don't I don't foresee well, that going, but well, maybe he does well. He's always been like crazy quiet and secretive yeah. with his teams. Like, we, there's no press releases. There's no photo shoots. They're like that. You know what I mean? They're, I don't believe they're like they didn't do posters and things like that. But and then he mm-hmm. quietly showed up the years that he was doing it there. So, um, right. yeah, how it works out and if it works out, I guess you know time will tell. I'll do some digging over in the next uh, two weeks here before uh, our next episode. But um, that's that's the other. That's sort of the last piece to the Canadian puzzle. Um, it has come out a little bit more to the forefront now that Western Rosina uh, is that rider. Remember our last show we talked about? It, I didn't bring his name up. Yeah. It looks like Weston's going to take away, take a seat back from pro racing. Um, I didn't get a chance to call him and ask him that, so it's, I don't have that confirmation from him. I've just talked to others. So uh, again, that kind of sucks. Him and Marco Canella, mm-hmm. probably similar in age, like early twenties ish, under twenty five years old, calling it quits. And I talk about it a little bit in the Justin Thompson interview, and yeah. he made some good points in it actually. But yep. I find it, I you know, as much as I love that I was all pumped up about these guys going racing right now, I'm like, it's fucking frustrating to me to have those two kids yep. like calling it quits. But I, you know what? I'm not in their shoes. So I guess yep. I can't really, I guess. you know, say too much about it. <laughs> okay. So uh, we have a couple other sponsors that uh, really help us out here. And they're both kind of near and dear to uh, each of you guys. So new if you have uh matrix concepts they come in and and help us out uh why don't you tell us about what they offer and where our listeners can uh get their stuff yeah absolutely can uh matrix concepts canada uh matrixconcepts.ca you can check out a brand new catalog that's on uh online but uh yeah rental uh matrix 100 percent mobius knee braces strider strider bikes canada um works connection um yeah all the top top brands in those disciplines and uh yeah we give big thanks for matrix concepts for coming out so matrix concepts okay and uh golly uh why don't you fill us all in about what uh what ammo does out in uh, ontario there and what's coming well, yeah. up out west yeah yeah so ammo is obviously a promoter in a series here in ontario uh, i run it and got a great staff and got a great 2023 program but the big news is is that uh, we're going out west uh, and taking the torch from Future West. Um, and big thanks from Leslie Reed. She kind of put it out on her Facebook. The press release I'm going to build is going to come out on March 1st. Uh, I just had to wait and sign the contract. Um, it's actually, like, literally the second contract I've signed in my life. My first one was with Yamaha Canada when I raced, <laughs> and now this is the second one where I've actually had to put my name on something and they come in. So, yeah, we're going we're going out west to do some intercross. My buddy Noof is going to be a huge part of it. Um, I'm super excited about that and uh, looking forward to it. And uh, other things that I'm going to add in, there's I'm going to have two rounds before round one in Kamloops, uh, one at Sandalee and then one at SMX, which is Jeremy Mackay's place. And these are going to be some sort of – I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet, but I'm going to put some money on the line for a purse, and they're going to be like warm-up races for our pros before they go west. So um, I'll be reaching out to these guys. And I'm going to put something cool together for that. Um, so stay tuned. I'll keep talking about it on these shows and maybe you guys can give me ideas, uh, where I, you know, I'm not breaking the bank, but I definitely want to give, uh, I want to give some guys some travel money and have some fun with it. And obviously Sandalia is one of the actual rounds of the series. So that'll be cool. Yeah, and then, uh, the last one, guts racing pulp 23 is the code to save great seats, vintage stuff, lightweight phantom foam work with many of the racers and teams GutsRacing.com. pulp 23 is the code. Okay, well, let's hop into the interview with uh, Triple Crown Series CEO, Justin Thompson. Uh, I gave it a listen uh, yesterday, and there's lots of good information there, some surprising information about how the money and stuff works. I won't get into it any farther than that. So 
you guys can give that a listen and we'll come back and chat about it. It is now time once again to get back into the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered podcast. Uh, last week we took a weekend off because there was so much information. The Triple Crown schedule got launched, a bunch of team information, and a bunch of good stuff so we didn't need to talk to anybody. A little bit quieter now, two weeks later, and so I wanted to call up uh, someone that I consider a friend of mine, uh, someone that is a boss of mine, someone who's probably pulled out hair a few times because of things I've done to him. Uh, or cause problems with him. <laughs> I've got none other than the uh, Triple Crown CEO, the man that is behind uh, promoting the Triple Crown series, Justin Thompson. Justin, how you doing today, buddy? Good, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate this. I know you just got off a plane out there uh, doing some uh, sponsorship stuff out in Banff. And it, did you guys get to ski at all? I know you're an avid uh, skier and stuff. Yeah, I got to sneak in one little uh, thing. We were out there uh, with our... Good buddy Jordan's got a new product he's launching right now uh, with Parts Unlimited and stuff. So we got to go out there. We're supposed to be, you know, helping him you know, get some photos for for the launch and everything like that. It turned out to be terrible weather, so it was kind of a wash. But I mean, we got to have some good meetings and stuff. Uh, it's always good, you know. Um, parts is a big part of what we do, and it's good to have meetings with those guys and, and you know, pick their brain on a lot of stuff. It's always better to. I mean, I've always been a caveat of this, like face to face, like, um, like you know, yeah. yeah, you can text and you can talk on the phone and you get yeses, but you get that sort of personal reaction, and then of course the personal relationship with the sponsor. And I, I, I'll always give you a a tap on the on the positive side. You've always been good at that stuff. Well, it's just you know, like anything, all these, it's uh, that personal touch, right? You got to have that. You know, just understand there's something they may have uh, a different idea that you don't feel it through a Zoom call or whatever. It's just that personal touch that you need to really make the sponsor feel at home. And also you feel that you're comfortable with whatever they're going to, you know, do into the future. So I try to make it uh, right from back in the day uh, with all the flights out to see Rockstar and, you know, my good friends that have come out of that to, uh, you know, to many uh, groups around around the world, you know, whether it be OEMs or Pencil Limited or Thor or you name it, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, let's get a little bit of Cole's notes here before we get into the current situation of the series and where we're at. I mean, obviously, I know I know your story and the family and the racing and all that kind of stuff, and just kind of maybe give me a summarized version of, of where you got into the sport, where you're at, why all of a sudden you went from doing arena cross in the States, then into Canada, and then, you know, where we're at with the whole Triple Crown Series. Cool. Um, yeah, so it's obviously uh, my background uh, raced uh, pro for many, many years, uh, some in Canada, some in the U.S. I raced you all these for many years and had a good time with that. And obviously, we're all avid lovers of the sport, and I think that's uh, passion. <laughs> passion over brain sometimes, I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's for a lot of sport for a lot of stuff we do, and especially in Canada where our market's so small. Um, you know, uh, after doing the racing for, for a long time, I uh, got into uh, promotion and track building side. And uh, one thing stemmed to another, I ended up, uh, uh, which is, is, is you like this. Uh, so the guy I purchased the U.S. Uh, Arena Cross Series off in, I don't know, 2010 or 2009, somewhere back then, uh, Robbie McQuarrie uh, is now working with us on some projects. Obviously, the AMA ran across. He just repurchased that and is doing all that. 
but uh, also for some other projects. We just saw them uh, there out, uh, out west. It's, it's kind of, uh, you know, surreal to see him, you know, he, once again, he's a guy that came into the sport, loves the sport, raced it for years, got into the promotion side, stepped away from the sport for 10 years, and now he's right back going in the AMA Arena Cross Series. So yeah. it's like promoters, you almost can't get away from it, right? So kind of after the Arena Cross, we, we always wanted to come back and end up in Canada, and, uh, you know, we wanted to try to test the market uh, in 14, 14 or 15. We looked at bringing Arena Cross uh, up to Canada, so we did. Uh, obviously, Gold Gear, a big part of that. Did the arena cross for a couple of years to test the marketplace, and then uh, working with our friends at Rockstar, uh, we created the Triple Crown series with obviously Jordan Cockrum, uh, who's one of my business partners now. After the fact, and uh, and Mike Kelso, who's a good good buddy of mine. So it, um, with those guys, we you know tried to create something that was a little different than you would see traditionally around the world, which was the Triple Crown, which was arena cross, motocross, and supercross combined for an overall champion. Um, and obviously, you know, our goals uh, in, in the early days were all you know, to, to build this to one champion, $100,000 payout, making it uh, you know, a really big deal for Canada. You know, and hurdles at the beginning, like anything new, it's, you know, it's like anything, whether it was the dirt or, you know, lack of funding from some sponsors or whatever we had to overcome. It was like one thing after another. Um, 2020 would have been probably our best year ever and then of course our little friend COVID came yeah. so it was one of those steps backwards uh, to go forwards right we had to regroup um, we were in a fortunate spot in 18 and 19 that we were uh, we, we have a broadcast background we started leaning on that a little further into the triple crown it happened right before 2020 hit we happened to be doing these studios obviously that you work out of golly too um and it kind of just fit into to, to be honest it's the saving grace that even kept the triple crown alive because you know when COVID hit um there was no fans there's still not crazy fans at any of the events uh that have come back um you know so it's it's been a struggle i mean sponsors globally are stepping back from a lot of stuff race teams are struggling so we we're fortunate that you know at the same time COVID was hitting, we, you know, dove deep into broadcasting that, like I said, saved uh, the Triple Crown, which is ultimately our passion, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, uh, again, I, I've been a, a, a negative and a positive on a lot of the ideas and planning and like that through this whole thing again. But again, right now, sitting at it from the outside looking in, it's, it's been a hell of a road and, and you got to be pretty proud to see where you're at, you know, whether people think it should be this way or that way or this better or whatever it is. The ups and downs, and then yeah, you throw in our friend COVID there. It's pretty crazy to think the the road uh, where it's come from to where it is, and I and now that leads me into this new schedule. I honestly think I think this is the most attractive schedule for the Triple Crown Series since you guys have taken it over with the ideas of indoors and outdoors racing, and then from the CMRC. I, I just I love every venue, every date. Everything about it, I um, I applaud you guys. I mean, obviously, I you know knew and talked to you beforehand when you guys launched it, but yeah. this really looks good from the fans, from sponsor possibilities, for the riders traveling, like everything. I, I mean, from the long road, I don't. It's weird to say that in 2023, you feel like you've made it, but I really think this looks just like a really healthy uh, series moving forward right now. Well, I appreciate that, Galdi. And like, like you said, you you kind of you know had 
had uh, input on it when we were laying things out and, and understanding that you know the hurdles we had. I mean, obviously, like anything, um, you know, no matter right or wrong, we always try to be true to what the situation is. And it's like, yeah, you know, there's been many times we've had to, you know, eat our words, right? But it's, it, I feel that's made us grow in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously. You know, even uh, stuff that that's happened in the past year, like you know, uh, you know, things like the the drama Heller event didn't go over so well. And I mean, the one thing that we've always tried to be is uh, honorable to whether it's a situation that we're in or what we're doing or making it right. Or you know, sometimes it takes us a bit, but we make it. You know, always come back to to make it so that it's fair, right? As fair as we can. So. Um, this year, you know, obviously uh, we were on a two-year agreement with uh, um, Drumheller, and I mean, uh, ultimately, that's what kind of held up the schedule. We wanted to make sure whether they were, you know, we were going to honor the two-year agreement if that was uh, what we were going to do, but we were going to all really, really uh, bear down to make that one right because we know that that was a major black eye. Um, we traditionally don't work on the national tracks or any part of that that's always done by the facility i think that was um, maybe something that got overlooked a little bit when the, that event happened but you know like anything that was their first one they've never done it before and you know i know a lot of people got upset with the way the event went but i mean at the end of the day man they're just humans they're trying to make a good thing they're trying to grow the sport they're passionate people and you know so long story short when they elected to maybe pass and, and not do it. That's uh, when we launched the schedule that we have now. We had two going into that, and then we ended up with uh, you know Calgary, um, which, in all fairness to Calgary, uh, it was always on the schedule through the early days of COVID. But with COVID happening, then the city and everything that we work with there, there was no goes in uh, Calgary. And I know they had their hands full with uh, their track running as is with the COVID restrictions. So it kind of you know. It, it, it was it's a story to be told right i mean it, with everything there's curves and, and and you have to go with the flow but um i think all in all um i, I agree with you this is uh, going to be a really good season i think edmonton it, it's been uh three maybe three years that we've been even maybe longer that we've been working with them on this event um it originally was spoke about before uh COVID hit and it never got onto the schedule and they're a very motorsports-driven family, um, very well put together, very professional, um, know how to pull big events off. Uh, you know, it was really attractive on many, many forms. Um, they are a partner on it, so it is uh, it's definitely an event that um, they have a lot of vested interest, a lot of partners locally. So uh, I, I feel like out of the, all the Western rounds, it definitely has the most um, backing to make the thing right to make it polished. Um, I like it that it's, you know, a true hybrid event, right? It's, uh, you know, we're not gonna, there's no, there's not gonna be any stadium whoops or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, like the old school, uh, Monster Energy Cup where it's kind of you know, a couple big doubles to call it Supercross, but mostly using part of what is now a UTV track. We're gonna develop that into a motocross track. Um, obviously their old motocross track is, no longer there. It's just uh, going over. You has trees on it. It's crazy um, to think that they used to hold nationals there. But uh, so we're going to utilize both to make it uh, you know well-rounded event. Um, we got obviously local news channels. We got everything to do a proper press conferences. All our stuff that we're back to before COVID. 
um, to really kick the series off, give the riders what they deserve. I mean, obviously, it's hard to race bikes, especially with the economy the way it is. It's it's a nightmare for these these kids, right? So, like, we want to build the best platform we can for them to uh, truly show off their talents in a in a proper manner on the national level, right? So, <laughs> and then obviously moving from the west, uh, obviously we have the or sorry, we have um, Cam lives back with the W Can, obviously. Uh, that track where location is, it's a, a bit of a struggle to get, you know, a lot of fans out to. But, I mean, it, with having the W can and everything like that, it makes total sense on that. So, that's, you know, we have to do it for that reason, right? So, well, I mean, you can't have every track like a Calgary um, or like a San no, Lee, you know. No, you like, can, it's almost impossible in our world. Like, I know people, some of our fans are like, why don't you have this here? Why don't you have that there? And it's like, yeah, we would love to. But what about the parking or, like, these facilities, they're they're – they're built to have, you know, the opportunity to get eight and ten and fifteen thousand people with cars and this and that added. And then, of course, you're trying yeah. to do, you know, maybe it's a, a program with the little kids on the, off to the side with electric bikes now or the Striders. Like it's, it has to be this event side of things. So, uh, I mean, you, you, there isn't that many more other places we could go. But like I said, I just, I really like looking at everything, even with the Arena Cross Supercross thing at the end of the year, like Medicine Hat. That's not, that place used to be. A hotbed. I mean, that's where Ross Peterson was born, the greatest Canadian yeah. racer of all time. You know, and then the whole idea of jumping yeah. with the WSX, and I'll ask you about that, but then the Calgary, the Nutrium Center, like that place is freaking amazing for the indoor side of things. Um, I just don't know. I, I, yeah. I feel like if I was a pro right now, and I've been, we've been doing these podcasts lately, and I don't know if you've listened to any, but Marco Canella and the name Weston Rosina are talking about quitting. And I'm looking at the series and, you know, and there's not money. Yes, you know, it's hard to make money. And, and, and you race, and I race, and it's it's never been a super money-making adventure as a racer. Yes, of course, if you're Dylan Wright, you deserve to make money and get this big contract. But, like, the, what the sport delivers for you and the passion beside it and, you know, the self-confidence and then, of course, doing something that you love and being able to make a little money. I just find it – I find it strange looking at it, and it almost makes me scratch my head. I, I, again, I don't know if you've listened to these, but – like Canella is, he's he's basically just going to quit this year, and he got a ride, he got an offer from Cowie. I'm sure you're aware of these things, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And you see this series, and I'm like, man, it just looks like these tracks sound fun, and and the atmospheres and the idea. I don't know, I just, it's really weird to me looking at that from the outside in, especially now that I see the thing. And I, I don't need to toot your horn. I've been um, uh, an, an ace in your in your side, and is also a thorn on certain certain things. And I'm very vocal and stuff like that, but. Uh-huh. As a young kid right now, and like looking at this this schedule and, and moving forward past this COVID stuff, a couple of years past now, I just it's really attractive, and I, I I just find it hard to believe that there's people out there not wanting to be a part of it in the quitting side of things. And yeah, of course, there's struggles that we don't need to talk about on the on the podcast, but just from a fan's perspective, looking at it, it just it looks it looks good, and I, it's weird to hear these kids right you know talking about quitting. Well, and you know what, Goldie, I think uh, on the on the bad side of things right now, it's just the economy, right? So, like, I mean, the, the motorsports economy right now is just, it was really high during COVID when the sales were going crazy. But on the other side of it, it kind of, you know, it, it dismaled out on the back side, and, and a lot of sponsors got a little scared, right? You know, everybody's thinking, is there a recession coming? Is it going to be that bad? Is it going to cripple us? Is it, like, so everybody's buttoned down the hatches. And I know... I know ourselves, we got haircuts on stuff. We do have a bunch of new sponsors that we're releasing here in the next little bit. 
it, it's it's good and bad, but I see it from a rider's perspective when they're sitting there going, man, you know, purse lanes are down a bit because the major title sponsors aren't there and all the different stuff like this. I think they're just looking at it. Maybe we spoiled them a little bit in the beginning with what we did have and we all didn't see it. And then now it's, you know, they had the rides and they had the flights to get there. They had all this extra stuff and maybe it's just kind of dried up a bit where it's more of a grind uh, like back in the day. You know, I know yourself and like I did. I mean, we had to drive across the country. It wasn't really, um, you know, and and we were top 10 guys. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, like that we were back markers and we still were top 10 guys that would go out there and race, but it, you know, we definitely drove in a van or whatever to get there. And and being even on teams, we still did that. It just, we didn't, the money wasn't there then to have, I guess, what they had maybe, 17, 18, 19, you know what I mean? So yeah. it could be a little bit of uh, shock uh, to the culture of what they're used to, but on the same side, man, it's a grueling sport, and you know as well as I do, at some point, it, your body just tells yourself, like, you know, I'm just done. I'm just over not hitting my marks or whatever. I mean, I don't, I haven't talked to Marco or anything, but maybe he's, you know, he, he sees him as the, himself as a champion. That's why he keeps coming back, and maybe he's just down on his down on himself, you know what I mean? That yeah. he thinks that he can't be what he wants to be, and and you know, like anybody, um, we all you all want to you want to be the best, right? And it's like maybe that's what what it comes down to more than anything, right? So so let's talk about yeah, that. Uh, yeah, it does suck to hear it, and I mean, you know, of course, you you can we can talk about. The inflation and the prices and the government and I mean that's just uh, you know stuff that I have no interest in in, in learning about or anything. I yeah. just try to because I can't. I feel like I have no control over it. So it just I, when I don't have control, I don't want to be a part of it, kind of thing. Um, you know, sort of deal. But now let's let's talk about that Vancouver round. Um, the date right now is the same date as the WSX round. It's not like the Friday night um, where they did that in Australia uh, last year with the WSX okay. series. So. Can you elaborate on on what that is about? Do you have any more information that you're willing to kind of put out there right now? I mean, this is a long time away, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're working through the the nitty gritty details to lay it all out. But I mean, uh, always since uh, we discussed it with um, Adam and and the guys there at WSX. I mean, uh, Goldie, you know, I, I've worked for those guys off and on for for a while now before even the series started, and. Uh, their vision was always when I came to Canada, they wanted to incorporate it with the, uh, or they wanted us to incorporate it into a championship so that it brought the country together, right? It's always like a kind of festival type uh, vibe that we bring everything into one big, huge weekend. So, um, you know, watching from the outside this year, um, just being a fly on the wall, I mean, I know the struggles like you do, I'll be able to, uh, what they're up against, trying to pull it all together the costs and everything like that. I, so I suggested in the early stages that we have a championship class, a triple a triple crown championship class inside the World Supercross um, the night of, right? It just makes more sense. Uh, we all know those venues are <laughs> a pretty penny, right? Yeah. So it just made more sense to do it all in, in one. Um, and I mean, I don't think, I think it would be detrimental to the sport if we didn't, because for one, you're going to get a split crowd. Obviously, I would hope that World Supercross would get more than us, but it would definitely hurt, you know, the look of the whole thing. So, I mean, why not pull it all into one, make it as big as possible and, and try to have a successful event that they want to come back year after year, right? So, they're a great group. Um, 
And I think, uh, you know, there's, I think there's, there's a lot of hurdles are still up against, but I think there's things that, um, we can even help them with, uh, you know, even on broadcast stuff, we're talking now, um, to help them with, to, to move the needle, right? So it's a little bits at a time, you know? So question here, this, uh, I'm just thinking about this when I was listening to you. I mean, every time we, we talk, you, your passion comes through when you chat about our sport and you can tell that, yeah, this is a business and you're in this to make money and pay your bills and, and make a life for your family and all that good stuff. But your passion is, is motocross. Um, obviously with the job that you have, and it's similar to the one I do with ammo, but obviously not on a bigger scale, but yet it's almost thankless sometimes. And, um, it, it, and that is what it is. Everybody always thinks they can do it better or, or this or that. At, at this point now, um, you just, uh, you just turned 45 like me, right? No, I'm 42. Oh, you're younger? Oh, I thought you were the same age as me. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. well, whatever. You're just a young punk. You don't really know anything. Um, <laughs> so at this stage where you're at, you know, this is year when – when did you guys take it off? 17 was the first one there in London? No, 18 was the first year. So we've done three years I call post-COVID, or COVID and post-COVID. And two years we had without COVID, but I mean... It was 18? I, I thought it was before was, that when we went to like London and Calgary that, and Jacob Hayes was the first Triple Crown winner. Yeah, 2016 and... Okay. Uh, hang on. Okay, so it went 2015 and... Or, yeah, 2015 and 2016, uh, we did the, the Monster Energy... No, sorry. 2015, we did Monster Energy Arena Cross. Yeah. 2016 is when we moved over to Rockstar. Yeah, um, okay. 2017, because we launched... We were going to launch the Triple Crown. We elected with Rockstar to take the season off um, and not do a rain cross. I think we had a schedule and we canceled it because we were going to do uh, launch there in February or whatever. Gotcha. Okay. That's early, what it was. But, you know, you never know. So that's kind of uh, that's been the nuts and bolts of it. Okay. So when you're in your office and you're making these deals and all this kind of stuff, what – about it when you put the phone down, do you like, man, I love this part of my job? And then the next question is, what do you hate about it? I I mean, like anything uh, in this industry, I mean, I don't like, uh, you know, two-sided, the two-sided things. I mean, obviously people will say one thing and do another, right? And, and you slowly, year after year, you, you understand how those people work and everything inside the industry and you, you, I tend to try to steer clear of it because it's like I, I, I've, I've always been taught you believe none of what you hear and only half of what you see, right? And it's like that's the way that I've always tried to run things because it's like at the end of the day, rumors are rumors. People are always trying to do stuff, and it's like I, I, I don't, I don't like that side of the business, but the passion always does all that. So I mean, you know, when like this, this Edmonton thing, just what spurred it up this year. And I mean, it's the little things that so we'll be able to do a proper press, press conference again. And the, the news stations are intrigued about it. And Edmonton's Jones and for a race. And it's like just that little, you know, I, it might be the little stuff, but that's what gets me up and going again. Right. We got new, new sponsors that are coming on that are doing, you know, new hospitality thing. And it's like, it's, there's just some cool stuff that that's what really gets it all going again. And, and, you know, it makes it goes from, you know, hating it when you're like, oh, my God, look at all the bills that come in. And you're like, there's no way that the Triple Crown could pay for it on its own. So it's like, okay, now you take money from your other company to build, build this one out. It's, that side I don't like either. But it's yeah. like, you know, the passion side of building this thing back and, and building it to what we really want it to be. You know, like like I said, 
2020 would have been a bangerang year if COVID didn't hit. I mean, we had, uh, if I remember right, Kyle would know better. I want to say Sarnia Arena was damn near sold out already. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, the next round was almost sold out. I mean, it was, and if you go back and look at pictures of 18 and 19, I mean, the, the, the arenas were packed and, and the, the tracks were more full and there was, you know, hundreds of pros and it was, it was just what we envisioned, right? And we were building. But yeah. It's kind of like, it may never get back quite to that, but I want to build it as close as we can to back to original vision, right? So that's so what keeps me going. One of the questions that came in through an Instagram thing today was how, how can the series sustain without a title sponsor? You know, like, again, we had Monster at one time and Rockstar and, and all this kind of stuff, and every, every series around the globe has some sort of title um, to it. Um, is there one coming up? I mean, you're talking about new sponsors. Is there... Is there is it just the Triple Crown series for 2023 and then you know brought to you by or do we have how can it sustain without getting this that one person to dive in with a half a mil or a quarter mil or whatever like that can it be sustainable? Well, there's a couple things that change. I guess I'd like let's uh, explain it and dive in. So obviously, when Rockstar uh, got bought by Pepsi, um, obviously, you know, we had another year left in the agreement that that. Obviously, we could have kicked and screamed and went, okay, we want to go through this next year and figure this out. Well, Pepsi put a stop to all global uh, racing sponsorships, all their different stuff. If it wasn't already active, they just put a pause on it, right? So yeah. Red Bull. Red Bull just started back racing this year, right? So with their, their events. So it would have caused me, we wouldn't have been able to race during COVID if we would have stayed intact, right? So I took that into consideration where like, okay, Here's a shift coming. How can we pivot and, and still make this work? And I mean, one of the ways was obviously to tier the, the events out better, meaning we do have some rounds that have title sponsors. We do have rounds that have uh, presenting sponsors that aren't on the whole series. So when you start adding it all up, we are getting closer to where we were before without having and, and, not, and this is no offense to Rockstar, but any title sponsor is very demanding, right? You got to do it a certain way. You can't go here. We don't want to do that. TV's got to be this way. We own the rights. I mean, the rights alone for the for the championship are far surpassed the title sponsorship, right? So right. that's what I think a lot of people don't see is that the, the rights on television alone are way worth more than than a title sponsor. So that's how we've kind of made the pivot. Is that we work on the television side now to make it right, to, to really build this thing out. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah, okay, I like that answer. Uh, one came in from a Twitter one here, at Jack underscore 4196. Why is it a priority to push the AXSX portions of the series instead of focusing on the main focus in Canada, which is MX? And I, this, is a, this is a question that I would ask, too, because I'm always like, why the fuck are we doing these indoor races and shit? Because it never seems like enough people show up. But, I mean... You're building still. I guess you're still building too. I suppose. Yeah, it's. I mean, you go back to okay. That's a two-sided question. I see. So I mean, obviously, you go back to the traditional triple crown. Like I said, um, to be honest, the, the monies that were made in the early days of the triple crown were from the indoors because you can put, you know, like Sarnia, it, it holds like fifty-eight hundred people. Yeah. Uh, we had it to capacity a couple of years, right? Actually, over capacity. So I mean, when you when you put that in perspective and you put a forty dollar charge on that, that's a big number versus a national, and it brings a lot more money than a national, right? So 
it's kind of one of those things where in a perfect scenario, we need both and we need both to be functioning at high levels to make this all work right, proper. The other side of it is, uh, you know, sponsors bought into the, the Triple Crown just like we did, just like everybody did. So it's like it's very difficult and there's a, a divide right now of, of certain sponsors, uh, you know, being only involved if there is a Triple Crown, right? So. Okay. We take that into perspective too. Now, there's some that on the other side, in all defense, they want to do a million motocross. But even that has died down in this last year. It's, it's more so this is our championship. They're out to win. You know, they're focused on winning and bringing, bringing the whole thing together. The third part of it is TV is TV. TV is what wants to have a championship that sees riders and athletes doing multiple disciplines, right? In fact, they even wanted at one time to have Woods riding it. I was like, no, 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 that far, right? So they want to see something, and it's, it's about TV rights, right? So it's like this year, um, we have a network in the States I can't name yet, but uh, we have obviously our Canadian side of things. It'll be in, on Fox again. They will have their their poop together let's say this year where last year they didn't quite have it together on a bunch of stuff so it'll be live on fox again but it'll also be uh, live on the ride which is obviously another whole conversation um about that and then it, it will have a network in the states and like i say the network in the states um it's filling the gap for a lot of things that uh you know we we would need to have you know title sponsors for this or that or whatever right because we own the rights to it we get that check. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay, I like that. that that's a, a perfect answer for Jack out there. Hopefully Jack is uh, appreciative of that one. How many more years, Justin? I mean, I know that you guys are building this Ride TV thing uh, behind the scenes. The people that are within the industry can see the, you know, you guys are doing, you got freaking Enduro Cross. You got Japanese Motocross. You got um, uh, off-road races. And then I, I think I talked to Kyle about you guys. Do, there's a car series jumping on board here. The production side of thing is something that you guys have knocked out of the park, and I mean, I, I said it to you. I think there, I don't know if it was last year, or the year before, when I came in to do arena cross. I'm like, holy shit! Like this is this is legit. That office part of of what you have down there in Brigden is pretty damn amazing. Um, how many more years the motocross arena cross side of things? Because sitting up with your feet up and talking on the phone to Fox and being in the nice clean studio and never getting dirty and stuff, it's probably pretty attractive to you. Well, that's a tricky question, too, because to be honest, uh, one of the things I truly miss right now is uh, I had to sacrifice going to the track, right? It was either, you know, when we went into COVID uh, and we were going to do this remote stuff uh, with my broadcast knowledge, we're like, you know, Kyle and I talked about it. We're like, man, we're to, the only way that's going to work and we sacrificed myself to be the longer track side and, and make this work. And then, you know, we didn't know this was going to go banana hammock and, and literally... It's, it's, well, it's nuts. There's so much broadcasting now. I mean, I want to say it's 200 and some episodes shows that we're doing this year, including Euro shows that are coming on board, Australian shows. I mean, it's, it's bananas. So on that side of the business, yeah, it's going nuts. Um, but it's like, you know, it's crazy as it is. We sit down and have these massive meetings with these major corporations that are from all over the world about their broadcast, and they're putting all this faith in us. And we get off the we get off that call, and what's the first thing we talk about? Hey, did you hear Dylan Wright just did this, or did you hear <laughs> you know he's racing for here? Like it's, we're back to where we we want to be, right? It's Triple Crown is what we love. So it's, a, it, it's unfortunate. I think it's uh, you know it's 
it's never going to be that that massive business that's going to be you know they take over all the stuff that we do but on the same side of it i don't see it going anywhere i think we get um as we're building the other side of the business we are are able to push people that are full-time that can actually put more ears on and hands on to the triple crown to help it where it needs it right so in a way, I think the, the benefit of, of the pivot that we've been in is that it's benefiting the Triple Crown in the way that it resources, right? And that's that's a big thing it needs, you know, especially with COVID. And it's crazy, but um, you know, before the, before the uh, COVID hit, it was like this place was a pretty busy place um, just for Triple Crown. And, yeah. you know, COVID hit, and it was a ghost town. You come down a couple of times, it was like, you know, a few of us. And, yeah, right? yeah. So, uh, people moved on, like Ernie moved on, and Lisa moved on, and all the different people moved to different things and different, you know, stuff. So, like I say, I think the the structure of what we got going on now is probably the best chemistry we've had um, internally and everything. So I think at least, you know, in two, three more years, I will be focused on it. And then from there, I'd probably look for uh, a replacement uh, to, to come in and fill the void and, and you know, work on the umbrella still and, and push it because I think, I do think there's a lot more juice to squeeze out of it and build the series in, uh, even bigger. Um, my goal, and I mean, has always been to get to a, back to a stadium settings, right? So, I think that we're not far off here another couple of years to try and uh, put that together. We get that included in it. Um, you know, maybe our arena cross shrinks a bit and it ends up, maybe there's a, you know, an offspring like you're doing called the arena cross. And then we have a super cross series in Canada that comes together. You know, that's, that's a goal and a dream, right? I like it. I, okay. Before I let you get back to the reality world and making television shows and all that <laughs> good stuff, when's the last time you got to throw your leg over a motorcycle? That's that's another tricky one. I ride a lot in the spring, and then I I park it because we just get busy, and I can't. Okay, so you, but you did ride like last spring, so like within the last year. Oh yeah, I got, okay. I got a twenty twenty one Honda four fifty. I think it is. Okay, okay. I'm just making. I was curious because obviously that's a huge part of it. I mean, I, I myself get busy enough, but I still love you'll the ride. Laugh, and the, right? You'll laugh. All I went and uh, <laughs> all my all my little local buddies uh, hate it, but I went and just built big dubs at my track. That's all it is. It's just big dubs. <laughs> I hate it, but I mean, I love it. So. Okay, stop the jumping, buddy. You're a TV guy now, okay? You don't have to do the jumping anymore. I know, I know. It's honestly, it's the only thing I hate. I hate going, I've always hated going super fast and sketchy on a, you know, sand track or something, but I love hitting jumps. I like Cole. Cole loves hitting jumps. You know? Yeah, that's true, too. You're very, very similar that way. And now my last one. Over the uh, coming up on, uh, what is there, eight years of me doing television and working with you on MRC side and not that side and this and that, negative, positive, does anything stick in your mind where I've just driven you right up the fucking wall? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know what? We, no, it's like, you're, to be honest, Goldie, and, and, and I'm not scared that you know me. I'll, I'll text you right away if I have a problem. So, I mean, I cut things off pretty quick. They don't let them brew or stir or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure there's not times that you, you get pissed at me, I get pissed at you, but, I mean, I look past it because, obviously, you're good at what you do, and, and, and you know, I try to make the best show possible, and you're the guy that makes pulls that together, right? So it's like, um, you know, even, even in Arena Cross, I mean, Kyle and you were my, my 
people that I wanted in there, but um, they had a different vision with obviously Antonez and uh, which he's not on the show this weekend. Actually, it's uh, Rick Johnson and Fingry. Uh, oh wow! Wow, but, they're really, really going into the ranks of old time announcers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But I'm assuming they're doing that. I just again, we're talking off record, or not off record, but uh, away from what we're normally. But they're doing that on site now, not like we were doing in the booth, right? No. So as crazy as this is, we even took a step further. Now they're doing it completely remote at Pingree Studio in California. So oh. we have remote from the track, remote from the studio in California, all sent back to here, and then all sent to Mav TV live, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. I swore, but it's crazy. Well, I think our listeners would have loved to hear you say, yeah, you're, we're a total fucking idiot in that moment, Ryan, or that was the dumbest thing ever, but it went away, but you gave the nice <laughs> I don't, politic- You know what? I don't, I, don't, I don't drag things like that. You know, you know me. I, just, I keep moving on. I mean, no, I'll, I'll tell you if it is in the moment, and we have our minute, and then it's water on the bridge that's move up. All right, last thing before I let you go, the uh, to-be-determined round. When uh, in October, when will that drop uh, on the schedule? Um, well, to be honest and, and transparent, it's, uh, there's a couple of hurdles we got. I mean, obviously, uh, Sarnia is the one that we want to do, but uh, they're doing rentals to the building. There's a bunch of stuff like that. Barry, since they have new management there, isn't the same anymore, so there's a lot of eggshells we're walking through. So we're, we have uh, uh, three other ones I'm not going to mention, but it's going to be – we're trying to keep it so that we have an Ontario one and then, then the uh, ones at West, right? But cool. the Medicine Hat, which I really like, is um, that's that new building. The city's behind it with us, uh, similar to always like Penticton. Um, it's just going to be – I know it's going to be a really good event because when you have – uh, the city pushing, right? It always makes for a good, good showing, good event, a good vibe. You know what I mean? So we look to that one to be, you know, a long-term uh, venue out there that we're going to be using. Like it. Well, I will let you get back to work. I appreciate your time, and uh, looking forward to. Two. I'm not too sure which ones. I'm well. I'll be at all the east ones and all that good stuff to help out. And arena crosses and super crosses all fall within my. My dates, but uh, I'm looking forward to being a part of it behind the TV screen or uh, waving a flag. Uh, if you need flaggers, I'm in. You know what I mean? That's, I'm there for the sport. That's what I do <laughs> for the good, sport. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Justin. Appreciate it. No problem, buddy. Okay, we're back. Uh, so, Galdi, great interview, as usual. Um, so, you tweeted out shortly after that interview that you had with Justin that uh, you had a few conversations. I can't remember if you said before or after, but there was no, some was more after, information yeah. to, to go it with that. After. So, yeah, why don't you just uh, get into that a little bit? Well, to start out, the interview was awesome. Obviously, you know, it's um, uh, I find uh, Justin, he's always open to conversations. And with our new platform here at Canadian Motocross Unfiltered, he was totally down. And he knew that I was going to ask questions that maybe would be tough yeah, to answer yeah. and, and stuff like that because obviously our industry is small and we know the goings-ons and, and all that kind of stuff. I thought he was very open and, and informative. And I, I know, if you said you didn't get a chance to do it, but Ken, I don't really think he bullshitted around anything that I asked. No, I didn't you know? get that impression on anything. Like he wasn't yeah. even avoiding like you know, sometimes you talk to those guys in that position and they just give you that political or corporate type answer. Yeah, and, I didn't and get I that. Don't, I, I didn't really get that. And I thought I really welcomed that and I appreciated that from Justin and and you know, and and of course at the end of it I asked him have you know, I I have I ever pissed you off? We worked alongside each other now for 7 or 8 years and I've said things and done things when I had my website and stuff like that that could that go totally against the grain of a guy right. that I worked for. And um, you know, he's 
He's like, hey, you're just doing your job or you're doing this or, yeah. you know, I, I just, I don't, I like the honesty because sometimes, like I said, you get to talk to those guys and they're not super honest. But the one thing that I didn't get to bring up and it was on my list was to talk about the East and West series that we've been bringing up on the show. And myself and Noof were there when it was a part of it. Yeah. We yeah. both think that that would be a great uh, answer to keeping the, the the sport attractive to get dealers back involved to get that local pro uh, a chance to race at the national level level at maybe at more of a, a cheaper uh, avenue to where a dealer can come in and help out and stuff like that and fill in the gates fill in the gates right I mean that will yeah, help fill in the gates and he is like literally he said I'm all for it but the problem with it is the manufacturers the way that they're looking at things right now. Um, the way that dealer support is going, the expense of the bikes. So it sounds like it's there's conversation about it. Yeah. Um, moving forward, though, is not as you know close to it as I would have thought um, for some of the reasons that he was sharing. And um, so we're just gonna have to sit a little idle on that one. And um, but I, I do believe that that is it, it is uh, at the forefront of conversations with everything. It, now I know some of the teams and Newf has talked to them about you know. Jacob Pickle has got a two-year deal, and McNabb's, well, he's a one-year deal. But these guys that are in the 250, they have a two-year deal. So how would it look like if they did that next year? Yeah. And my answer to that is, is just allow them to race both coasts. <laughs> yeah. right? they could, you could have two number ones, just like what the women's, uh, the WMX is right now. Yeah, yeah it sounds kind of silly, but imagine if you have, like, that local <coughs> uh, Devin Smith, Maple Ridge type thing. Coming in, and maybe Devin Smith is not a guy that's going to take down uh, Piccolo, but I'm using that as an example. But you just, I just feel like, and they could get you at each show. You could give, you know, a little more love to that local dealer team, and and I just, I don't know, I really don't see a, a negative on it whatsoever. But he made some points, and I guess the, the the manufacturers have some points as well. And it's it's not just the turn of the switch; it's talking to dealers and finding that dealer program. Like there isn't dealer programs out there that there used to be. Like when we were doing it, Noof, and and no, the, I know it's the bike. The bike shortage is still yeah. a problem. Yeah, it's still yeah. Real. yeah, right. It's still real coming out of the COVID stuff, and the bikes that are selling dealers aren't looking to go. Yeah, I'll give this to local yeah. pro at a discounted price and lose money on it. When if I do sell it, I'm getting top dollar for it because I'm only selling a few. So, a few little insights to it there for sure, but. Uh, uh, still uh, a great interview. And then there was more. So as it was funny, I, I sent out a tweet and I sent out a, an Instagram and say, Hey, give me some questions and blah, blah, blah. And then literally as I finished the interview, I had a slew of, <laughs> of another five questions that didn't get put in the show. I did get the one uh, sent in by uh, Noof and then the other one by uh, Jack Courtney. They were included in the interview. So thanks to those guys for doing that. And then I get off the phone and I get three questions from uh, TLD Gas Gas, which is Steve Sims. Um, how do they plan to pay riders as an SMX, as SX and MX race platforms, and how have they worked contingency for round one? His answer for that is all the details will be launched in the Pro Rider package once it comes out, which should be here in the coming uh, week or two. So that is that. Is the rule book ready, 
or are we throwing it away for 2023? That's a bit of a smart ass one from, from Sims, Steve Sims because yeah. there is a bit of a rule book thing. So the big one with that one is all about the two stroke rule. Yeah. So Justin actually sure. was having fun with it. He's like, it's going to be prison rules. It's just let everybody go and do what they want. They says, I'm kidding. I'm joking. No, we were waiting for our OEMs, which got solved literally the day that I did the interview, which was last Friday, uh, Thursday. Um, and, uh, the two stroke rule was the big thing and it actually sparked enough of an issue that one of the manufacturers threatened to pull out of the series. Oh, wow. No way. Yeah. Well, I don't need to bury that one there. We could probably figure it out if you do the math on who actually has two strokes and who doesn't, but, yeah. <laughs> um, it is really, so the rule is literally going to stay as is for this year, as it's written in their rule book, uh, stock, basically a stock bike where you can run reeds and a pipe but nothing done to the cylinder uh, mm-hmm. or the head. Uh, you can run race gas, stuff like that. Um, and then uh, um, Americans are allowed to ride a 252 stroke if they come up this year. So this year could be pretty interesting to see how that works out. Yes, the Cavan Benoit. It was actually the Cavan Benoit rule that changed it back in the 1415 yeah. where they took away – basically the only thing they took away back then is the ability to – to put on or to like, you know, modify the cylinder and put more, more power to it. Right. Like modifying the, the head and the cylinder. So um, now that that's being stock that, that, you know, can the stock platform is Kevin Benoit going to be the same person he was eight years ago. Um, so we'll see. I mean, let me just throw before we get into the other ones, let me throw this to you guys. What do you, I mean, new, if you think Benoit is going to be a big threat on this bike and don't forget this bike now is, a fuel injected two stroke. Yeah. Right. So is the rules on that? Like they they can sort of, they can change the mapping and do little things on that thing there. So is that, and again, we do not, yes, we do have someone that can monitor it uh, at each round. Say it's one round. It's TLD gas gas, Steve Sims, who could do it. And then the next round is Justin Petker or, but does that also come into a bias in a wrong way? Do they need to have someone on site? Big opening questions on this one. And I throw it to you guys. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go first, Ken, before I give it to you. But sure. I just think I think, regardless of the bike, the whole bike thing, I think we're all sleeping on Benoit. Like it, this <laughs> this thing, like Benoit is gonna be, dude. He's in Florida training, like the whole, like he is gonna be super legit. Um, and on a bike that I think tuned properly is probably gonna be better than the rest of the bike. So yeah, yeah. it is. It is a bit of an issue, like with not a whole lot of modifications and, and all this TPI stuff and, and everything. I, so then are you, are you honestly saying right now that this, this is a bad move for the triple crown to allow this? No, I don't, I don't think it's a bad move. We're already in it. Like there's, there's nothing you can do. Like I, I'm not, it's not a bad move. Let okay. Him so it. yeah, but okay. You just literally said that this bike is going to be better than every other bike. Every, yeah. every other bike okay. is relatively the same. Like uh, the pretty close. pretty close. And yeah, now this bike, close. this one bike is going to be better than those bikes. That right there, if I'm a team manager that is on only a 250F team, I'm like, that's fucking cheating then. Yeah, well. It's hard to argue well, against that. What, yeah. do you, what do you do? Ken, go go for it. Well, I don't know. I guess it all depends on where the technology's at. I'm not real familiar with the new, the newer fuel-injected stuff, but I believe it's, it's not – port injection anymore it's direct injection so i think that kind of like the whole idea of not letting them touch the cylinder that negates that a little bit because you don't the fuel is not going through the ports anymore so porting 
doesn't really make a huge difference, I wouldn't think. But I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not super familiar with it. Uh, well, this so could be a knows? very dramatic summer if you get to see. If it's like just there, was, there was no game. doubt that in 14 and 15, especially 15, when it was uh, Jimmy Dakotas chasing around uh, Kevin Benoit, that that bike was an advantage. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Right? So I guess we'll see this year, and it could really stir up some shit. But if that's the rule and they're moving forward, then all teams better be prepared for it Yeah, and, and either have their – their proof of, of the, the rule. And because and, the other kicker to this is, is that the KTM stock form bike in the KTM um, catalog, there is a lot of cylinders that would be considered aftermarket that are part of the stock package that you can purchase yeah, from KTM. Put bigger, bigger right? jug on it, right? yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not a bigger jug, but you can get like a modified mm-hmm. cylinder right mm-hmm. from KTM. Like it's not like you're yeah. sending it to a Bondi the- engines or a, yeah. or a, uh, or, or a, you know, a, pr- um, a proven motor or a moto or whatever, right? Like you're not outsourcing that moto. It is an in-house stock purchased. Like you can yeah. buy that. So, that's going to come into play as well. So anyway, they're like you said, new. If they're doing their homework, he's down there training and testing and and all this kind of stuff. I'm actually surprised. Maybe he didn't ride that race. Uh, he was down there with the boys. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe he's just not quite ready yet or something like that. But um, interesting to see how this one plays out. This could be a pretty dramatic summer mm-hmm. if we see the Kevin Benoit. Now, the one thing that Justin was saying was like, you know, it's a lot different. 14 and 15 nowadays. Like he's like, look at the way Piccolo's and McNabs and these guys are riding like. The scrubbing is more enhanced. Their speed, yeah. their rawness, their their grittiness, their absolute, you know, as I always keep saying, the right amount of dumb on the throttle where they don't shut it off is it might it's probably different than it was the way that Jimmy Dakotas was riding, where Jimmy Dakotas was kind of like a veteran. And so anyway, that could play a factor too. So I, I like the storyline. I think it's gonna give us lots of stuff to talk about, but yeah. it really could upset the apple cart in pretty much every pit except the KTM gas gas Husqvarna and Yamaha pits are the only but ones. But I feel that- like everybody knows, like everybody's prepared for this coming in, right? Like, yeah, I hope mean, so. But, but I, like I said, everybody's sleeping on Benoit. Nobody's thinking about him right now, but that's literally it. And I mean, golly, you're, you're as guilty as this. You put out a tweet there a couple weeks ago and you didn't even list him in your fully forgot him. <laughs> fully forgot him. Right. Because fully he, forgot him. He's yeah. under the radar, but Ken, let's think about this for a second. Piccolo. McNabb, Natsuki, Harrison, Benoit. Yeah. Uh, who am I missing? Keep going. Keep going. Ami- Amiot. Amiot. Bogle. Yeah, Bogle. Bogle. Yeah. Um, keep going. There's there, there, Tyler there's Gibbs. Is it like there? We there's a, there's the top ten is a is a pat Legit. on the back is a pat on the back every single moto. Yeah. yeah. And this is something and and I'm I'm fucking stoked and I was talking about this in in Dallas this past weekend with with a couple of people like finally we got some depth in a class. You know what I mean? We haven't had that in a couple of years. Yeah. And it just happens to be the 250 class but like freaking right. Like this is awesome. Yeah, I'm st- it's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. And I think we we got a question later about it that we'll answer from Ken. So yeah. now uh, there was one more question uh, from Steve Sims. Is there a plan to help riders and teams get out to the Supercross rounds out west? He said yes, uh, same as always. Um, I don't know if he answered that one correctly because there wasn't really something the same as always because we haven't been at west in a couple of years. But I know they're going to put together an idea where they can all go on a rig or a truck and as like they did those first few years back in Pemberton days and stuff like that. Um, and then for Matthew Stokes, who's a big uh, fan of our show, um, Matthew, what happened 
with Pilot Mound at uh, or at least a track in Manitoba. They said it's coming back in 2024, but why not this year? And Justin just simply put in and, and was no um, secret to it. It just comes down to cost. Um, <clears throat> the cost for everything to get into. And I know people are like, well, they're just driving right by and this and that. But flying into Manitoba, yeah, planning to get rooms and hotels and everything is more expensive. It's harder. The distance from the track to the to the to uh, the amenities are way bigger. And it needs to come down. Like, look at Manitoba, great province, producing our Canadian national champion right now. They have a lot of tracks, but on the business side of things. And I did some digging. I wasn't able to get exact percentages, but the amount of bikes sold and the amount of racers in Manitoba or even Saskatchewan, it does not, on the business side, really pay a positive wave for OEM and team and sponsor and everything to go to it. Yes, we're Canadian. We love our tracks. We love our people. We're friends with everybody. Everybody love everybody. But don't forget, there is a business to this, and it is no secret that the national series is struggling to make money and stay afloat. Okay. So that came into the decision. It said, they say we're back in 2024. So I guess we'll have to wait and see if they stand up to the word that they did share, but just like drum Heller and, and when we used to go to Regina and now the Manitoba stuff, it has never, ever, ever made sense on the dollars and cents of the series. And that has to be looked at guys. All the people out there and the fans, this is not a like, fuck Manitoba, fuck those guys and everything they do and everything. This literally comes down to what makes sense in the pocketbook. And Anouf, I'm, I'm sure you can share a little bit to it. And Ken, I think you would agree. I'll throw it to Ken. Like, it's, you live out that way, Ken. Yep. The majority of sports on a, on a level like motocross is very tough for it to be maintained in those provinces. Absolutely. Yeah. Like there's nothing in Saskatchewan. I guess they used to have the race in Regina, but there's a reason it's not here anymore. Cause it just wasn't getting the attendance. I went a few years and I was blown away when I went to Kamloops, the, that first race last year, cause there was a whole pile of people there and I was not expecting that just from my experiences in Regina. Well, and then going back to uh, Manitoba, the accommodations around that area are pretty, hard to get like there's I think there's one or two nice hotels but they fill up super quick I booked mine maybe a month out so I ended up staying in a town 45 minutes away and I got there and there was no air conditioning and it was plus 35 or whatever it was that oh, weekend. Man, it was hot. And <laughs> that was so hot I, I cooked all day Saturday then I cooked all night Saturday night and then on Sunday I ended up getting heat stroke and couldn't couldn't do the interviews or anything that I was supposed to be doing when I was there so if that was a, a privateer rider that had to do the same thing like that's obviously not good you need a place with air conditioning at the very least so yeah it's just it was a it was an amazing track i was really impressed with the track and and how good the racing was but it there's there's so much more that goes into a race than that so new if you got anything on it well no and i like everything you just said galdi makes sense right like this is a business it has to make sense from the promoter i mean this isn't this isn't 2000 when things are rolling like we're fortunate to have series that we have like this is not like fucking gargle gargle on on jetworks but we're fortunate to have these guys right now and and there's no there's obviously when you get well obviously you listen to the interview by now but it's a fucking struggle like it's a it's a struggle so you know it didn't make sense to go to manitoba i thought the track was great last year it was a fucking maybe one of the best tracks of the whole year um but it's in the middle of nowhere and and <laughs> from a cost cost perspective and and i will say this like straight up 
Manitoba was the most expensive round I went to last year. Flights, rental cars, driving, yeah. like everything was was ex- like crazy expensive. So it doesn't make sense. And and like you said, Goldie, like yeah, we're driving by, and it it, it make but shit still adds up. Somebody's got to pay the money one way or another, and you know we hope we're back for for twenty twenty four, I guess, but. And Manitoba has beautiful tracks, and it's not a it's not a shit on on Manitoba, but it has to it has to make sense financially for everybody involved, right? Yeah. And the last question that we got as I was doing that interview: Will the Triple Crown had advertisement to the general public that at a pro motocross race is actually happening in your area? Ninety nine percent of the motorcycle community doesn't even know we're having a race, and not sure how the average person is going to even know if there's no campaign out there to big fans. And that was from Priority Mechanical, and we've knocked this for a few years because yeah. it has been something I think that they've been missing. And Justin is saying, like, you know what? The we had a big spurt in this in 2019, and everything was going really well, and we were getting on the right track, and then COVID hit us. And it set us back, and that is no excuse, but that is the excuse kind of thing. Like, we had a fucking struggle. So coming into 2023 and sort of through 2022, they're going back to TV and radio and spends the season as well as into um, um, the dealer support and stuff, like whether it's um, uh, posters or tickets or whatever it is. So they're working with the OEMs to get the best list of the dealers all close by to get them involved and really get the word out there that we're going racing in the Nationals. And then, of course, they'll reach out, you know, at Kamloops, they're going to reach the Noof and make sure that all the BC people know. And in Ontario, they're going to reach to me and and, and stuff like that. So um, we'll have to wait and see on that. But that's the answer to that. They said, yeah, they're they're now slowly getting back into making sense of how to spend that money and get the, get the information out to that, uh, that general public. Well, I think that's pretty good that wraps up everything that uh was talked about in that interview and uh, a lot more information on the back end there so that's good i guess uh one last thing here before we we uh close it up uh we had a question on twitter and i didn't write the guy's name down i should have so my apologies to whoever submitted this thank you for the question you're such uh, a dick <laughs> like you gotta give the guy just realized i didn't man yeah, no, I know. <laughs> um Okay, so he just asked, and it is a really good question. I did re- reply to him on there, so he'll know. But um, how many different 250 motor winners do you think you'll get? Let's start with you, Noof. Oh, and it, it's I'm, moto uh, winners, not race, I guess. But No, I know. Moto winners. Yeah, just one. Jake Piccolo. Team <laughs> on. <laughs> no bias. No bias. <laughs> yeah, Diggs will like that. Although he's pissing me off in our group chat right now. Like, dude, just chill out for a minute, uh, Diggs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, like, oh, I could go five, and I know that's even, that's high, that's probably low when we start, like I said, when we talk, McNabb, Piccolo, Natsuki, Benoit, uh, Harrison, there's five right there, like, those are all guys that won. If you put Bogle, that's Bogle, six. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not even putting Bogle as a moto winner, though, like, yeah, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going, there's five guys right there that's won, won motos in Canada in the past, like, like little, like, quickly, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm going, I'll, I'll go five. I'll just throw five. Goldie? Yeah, I, I, you got to stick to five. I think the five is, is almost, I think it's guaranteed, those five guys yeah. that you named. And then, you know, that outside chance of Bogle uh, getting one, is it's not probably as high a percentage as, 
we think, I think it's going to be hard for him just to get in and race those guys and all that kind of stuff. But hey, maybe we're wrong. We've been proven wrong in that sort of scenario yeah. before. But mm-hmm. five, you got to have five for sure. The, the, the KTM of McNabb is going to get one. The Honda of Piccolo is going to get one. The Cowie of, or sorry, the Partzilla um, bike of uh, Team PRMX of Natsuki. Um, the well, what Harrison, Harrison Gas Gas, and then the what was the last one I'm missing? Benoit. Five. Benoit. Yeah. Benoit on another KTM. So I don't think we're missing anybody um, as far as that goes. And then after that, there's you know the slew of guys that can snap a podium and yeah. all that goes. But yeah, five. And would that be the that would probably be the most in a season? I think uh, if we go back a long time, right? Like it's been a yeah, while since we probably good. had that many. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. But if if those five guys don't get one, one of, one of those teams is going to be uh, like pretty upset. Yeah, right for sure. Well, every team every team's got got a a, a guy, right? Like a, a main like the only one who doesn't have like a main guy. I mean, even though it is a main guy, is, is the Yamaha team, right? You got Racine and Amiot, but I'd say that they're I can't I can't put them in a winning a moto category. I can't do it. No, I know, but we're sleeping on him a little bit, and you got to think Racine was good last year, and KT's obviously got one. got one, right, last turn. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. that was a moto win, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah, you're right, you're right, yep. Yeah, if the right. cards all fall the right way and stuff like yeah. that, it could happen. So maybe I'm a, little, a little harsh on Racine, so maybe, you know, he's uh, 1A behind those guys. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Okay, well, yeah. I don't think I can really add anything to that. That kind of covers everything, so... Um, Goldie, I guess uh, you can maybe throw some love to the the rest of the sponsors that help support us here on the podcast, and we'll we'll shut her down for the yeah. Next big two weeks. Uh, once again, just obviously huge thanks to to uh, KTM Canada, Husqvarna Canada, Gas Gas Canada, Bristol Coachworks, and Race Tech Suspension, and Charlie Johnson Race Suspension out in Alberta. Big those guys have jumped on board, man. They've really uh, given us something to get excited about and help us keep going on this. And uh, they'll be there all year. And um, you can hit us up there at uh, Canadian. Or what is it? CMXUunfiltered.com. Yep. All of our past podcasts, our current podcasts, our sponsor list. You can click on the sponsor button, hit their button there. It'll go right to their website. Um, and big shout out to all those guys. And the new, thank you for getting out of bed this morning, buddy. I know, <laughs> I, I'm assuming it was a good time. I'm assuming it was a good time. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. It took me a, it took me a couple, uh, couple uh, fair minutes to get rolling there. But yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're good. I'm actually... I'm laying in the hotel room with the 2008 Canadian motocross champion, Eric Nye. So, nice. Wow. Uh, Nye guy is not looking in great condition this morning. <laughs> is he wearing Is he wearing his number one jersey at least? Oh, yeah. No, he has a – yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wearing his is number it, one jersey. That's his pajamas. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're just getting geared up. Uh, well, big night last night. We're at the Duel of Pianas, Goldie. Duel of Pianas. Oh, good times right there. <laughs> nice. The Duel of Pananas. <laughs> oh, and then I, I'm looking. I got ketchup all over my hands, but I got a I got a freaking nice burger sitting right beside me and some fries. So breakfast. Um, we'll warm I'm not up. sure how it got here, but we're gonna we're gonna eat these up, and and we're gonna go see uh, Stephen Mathis from Pulp MX later on today. Right on. Enjoy it. All right, boys. Good one again out here, and uh, thanks again to all the sponsors. Uh, and uh, man, love it, boys. Love it. Yep, you thanks, betcha. Boys. Okay, we'll talk to you guys later. See you guys. Holy shit.